already laid, which is Christ. So the primary metaphor, it shifts to this of from planting and gardening to that of building. And the, and the reason he uses these different metaphors, it's just different angles in to help describe a reality to us, to help us understand something. <clears throat> Paul was a planter. Now Paul is described as a foundation builder. Apollos was a waterer, and now he's described as a subsequent builder, following after Paul. But the foundation is who? It's Christ. And there can be no other foundation. Only Christ. Remember that Paul has already talked about Christ as a stumbling block. Uh, he's been described as the stone of offense, the stone who gives offense, the proving ground that reveals what you are made of. Jesus Christ crucified, he will prove what you are made of. The stumbling block imagery language of Christ crucified is now expounded upon uh, as being the only legitimate building material to serve as a foundation for what God wants to build among us. If that's not the building material foundation, you're in trouble. Uh, you take away Christ, then you have a foundation that has no rock in it, no aggregate, no strength. Uh, some of you guys have used cement before. So say I'm trying to build a foundation. And say I mix up, I think I'm using quickcrete but instead I just use pure Portland cement with water. And that's all I use. There's no sand, no gravel, no rebar. What kind of results am I gonna get? What kind of strength will that foundation have? That would be trouble. Some of you guys are tracking, some of you guys are just like, mm, I don't know, that's okay. <clears throat> You take away Christ. You take away the foundation we are built on. If there's no Holy Spirit of God inside of what we are building here, what is it except an empty shell? Sometimes it's an empty shell just waiting for time or decay a fire or a stiff breeze to come along and knock it down. How many churches are there out there who have moved away from the foundation of Jesus Christ? I, I, I don't know. I can't judge that. But more scary to me is how many churches are out there who still have their doors open, but the Holy Spirit has departed years ago and no one even noticed. That thought disturbs me a little bit more. Would I notice if the Spirit left? If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. The day will bring it to light.
See, there are different building materials, Paul says. Some are more expensive, some are more costly, some have different purposes. They're meant for adornment. Some provide more structural strength. Uh, uh, maybe they have more of a utilitarian function. <clears throat> different materials have different strengths. We have engineers in the room who understand things like that. Some materials are cheaper. They burn more easily. Some materials don't last as long as other materials. And then this idea of light. You see, what light does, it reveals things that may have been hidden to us in the dark. Gold and silver and costly stones refract the light and they reflect the light. They're shiny, they're beautiful to us, but unless the light is shining, we don't notice them. We don't see them, do we? If I'm stumbling around in the dark, it doesn't matter how shiny that gold is if there's no light. I don't know it's there. See, if a builder is using the very best possible materials, it reveals something about the heart of the builder, doesn't it? Mike, will you come turn this off? <laughs> we'll just chalk this up to uh, our first attempt, shall we? All right. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Eyes up here. <laughs> up there, if you need to. We'll figure this out. I think maybe it's the internet, because it's worked better in the back, uh, other trials that we've had. I have no idea what showed up on there. <laughs> and I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's horrible. <sighs> light reveals quality. God is the light. He, real, he reveals beauty. He reveals creativity. He reveals art. He brings inspiration. He reveals the care and the investment that a builder makes. Uh, the light shows the work for what it is. But it's not just light that reveals the quality of something that's being built. Something else reveals quality or reveals the material that's being used. That other thing is fire. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. 1 Corinthians 3.13b. <clears throat> so the first thing I want to say about fires is fires are going to come. I could not have predicted how distracting this screen was going to be to what I was saying today. It's a little fire. It's not a big deal. That's just a little... A little blaze. Mike, thanks for helping me put that out. Uh, fires are going to come. 
You don't always know when, do you? Do you know when the fire's going to come? A blow-up in relationships, a church that's focused on the wrong things and splits, uh, the circumstances of life, a health crisis or emergency, an untimely, unexpected death, what, whatever it is, fires are going to come. And if you stick around this world long enough, you're going to experience some of those fires. If we've not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the foundation of his word, if we've not built, if we've not built things with care uh, and consideration, that's going to show up eventually. Eventually, that is going to be tested by fire. So fire, it reveals quality, doesn't it? Paul goes on, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a ward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So this is the escape clause for builders. I'm glad that clause is in there because I've built things poorly and they have been burned up and I've barely escaped. And uh, I think we need to think about that, <clears throat> both as individuals, but also as a church community as well. So in a special way, I think this church this message for, is for the church today generally, each of us for our individual lives, but I think this also applies to leadership in the church, uh, especially those who are involved in the preaching and teaching ministry. And uh, I think about that very seriously with my role here as a minister. <clears throat> does the care and quality of my preaching and teaching, what kind of fruit is it producing in people's lives? Is it going to be able to stand the test of time, the tests of fire? What, what care and consideration am I putting into it? What about our Sunday school program? The investment in uh, our young people in the future of this church. Uh, think about the discipleship that's happening in your marriage or with your children. Think about the ways that you honor your parents' children and uh, uh, there's all kinds of things that are going to test the quality of these relationships that we, we have. <clears throat> so I think this is an important lesson for us that Paul is having us consider these things. If the quality of what we've been building in our lives is substandard, if it's not been done with wisdom and care, if we've not really invested in it, if we try to shift to any other foundation than that of Jesus Christ himself, it won't stand. And I say, don't waste time trying to make it stand. Go ahead and let it burn. Let it burn. See what lasts. Begin to build again. Don't make the same mistakes. Anything born out of vanity, selfishness, greed, fear, envy, pride, if it's based on 
the giftedness or talents or the eloquence of the people who are here in my place or in our leadership or our song services or anything like that. It's not sufficient. That kind of foundation, that kind of building material. See, there are certain things that are more flammable. And certain, th- you know what's not flammable? You want to know what's fireproof? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. What's not flammable? A mind that is set on things above and not on earthly things. Of course, we'll find out later on in Corinthians that the greatest of these materials as far as quality and strength and durability, it always comes back to love. That's why I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. It all comes down to love for me. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst Midst, If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. You together are that temple. So Paul just takes this. First it was just the stone of offense, the stumbling block. And then it was the stumbling block that becomes a foundation for a building. But now we are told that this isn't just any building. This is a special building meant to house and reflect something of the glory and beauty of God himself. These people all knew what a temple was. They didn't have, they didn't have to explain that imagery. It's a place where people were going to come and learn something about the Lord. It's a place where people were going to come and in worship and in the sharing of this community, they're going to learn something about the Lord their God. See, the temple is bigger than the individual. It's bigger than you as a person, your personal wants, your personal desires. Let me say as well, we think about our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we think of that as a very exclusive relationship because it's so intimate. But the Holy Spirit is not your personal property. He's not your personal electricity. You have no exclusive rights. The Holy Spirit is a person with his own idea and his own agenda, and he bestows friendships to people that you may have judged as not worthy of that friendship. And other people who we judge to have it all together They're whitewashed tombs full of unclean things. And I would never have guessed that. But the Holy Spirit is not fooled. You see, because the Holy Spirit is free, 
He comes and goes where he chooses. When you are baptized into Christ, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the possibility of this relationship. That doesn't mean you get to decide when the Holy Spirit comes and goes. It doesn't mean you get to manipulate that or control that in any way. It feels risky to us, though, sometimes, because uh, we depend on that relationship. But it is a relationship that is completely, at the end of the day, beyond our ability to manipulate and control. People even use manipulation and control in their most intimate relationships, in their marriage. I, if I want a certain thing for dinner, and I don't know that I want to cook it myself, there are certain games and tricks I've learned to use that impose upon the servant heart of my wife. There's some truth to that. Sorry, honey. We can't use those games with the Holy Spirit. He's bigger than us. He's beyond our ability to manipulate and control. He's free. He's free. It feels risky to us. I think about that. It kind of feels risky to me because it is such an intimate relationship. Uh, but it's not risky. Because however well I think it is that Calvin Gruen loves the Holy Spirit, here's what I know about the Holy Spirit. He loves me better than I love him. Both in terms of quantity and in terms of quality. He's, he's a better lover than I am. Because I've always kind of thought of the Holy Spirit as a drifter, kind of like a wisp of wind. He will come, he will bless, he will go. I cannot say he will be here at this such and such time. I cannot say, guarantee what is going to happen in such and such event. Kind of beyond my ability to say, hey, you, come here, do this. But as I've grown in this relationship with the Lord, I realize it's not the Holy Spirit who's a drifter, it's me. I'm the drifter. More often than not, he is the bedrock. God is the foundation. He is the solid one in the relationship. He is the one that changes not, whose compassions they fail not, who will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one whose love has always, always been perfect always been complete, not my own. I'm the one who withdraws. I'm the one who is stubborn. I'm the one who hides. I'm the one who runs away to do my own thing. Let's look at this phrase now specifically I want to focus on. God's Spirit dwells in your midst. 
So Paul will build on that analogy later on about individually, you are the temple. But this has just kind of captured my imagination because I blow right past this all the time. Uh, that I think that somehow that this relationship I have with the Holy Spirit is more exclusive than it is. And sometimes the Holy Spirit connects us to people that we would normally have nothing to do with. I wouldn't have chosen certain relationships myself. And sometimes I can appreciate the sentiment and that feeling. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus, you might say. And he's there for us. And it's intimate. And you have something unique with Jesus Christ. It's through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't lessen you as an individual in any way. But let me say, everywhere that Jesus goes, he takes his friends with him. Jesus takes his friends everywhere he goes. And he's got all kinds of friends. And they might not be the, the friends I would have chosen for myself. Have you ever heard the phrase... That guy is a real piece of work. We are all real pieces of work. You heard that guy's a character. He's a real character. I'm a character. Did you know that? I'm the son of a character, too. Did you know I have messes? You have messes in your life? Raise your hand if you have not sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You have no sin. You've never sinned. Good. You got that one. Good job. See, the perfection is not you. The perfection is not me. The perfection stands between us and is in each relationship. Calling, inviting, nudging, hoping, waiting, patiently waiting. Perfection wants to grow something between us. The Holy Spirit, who is perfect, wants to be our relational glue with each other, and he wants to build us into a true community. He wants to turn us into a holy building, a holy building that in some way is able to reflect his glory. You know, I get that not everyone is going to click with every other person on an individual level. I think that that's okay, and we don't have to force this or try to do this artificially. Uh, there may be people that uh, we just need to love a little bit more from a distance. Uh, and that's okay. We all have people that are going to rub us the wrong way. We all have people that we just don't understand. We don't get where they're coming from. They don't have the filter we would like them to have in the way that they handle situations or approach us or things. 
The question is not, are there people who are going to come into this building who we don't particularly like or care for? That's not the question. The question is, is our faith strong enough that we can trust that the Holy Spirit is able to hold the body of Christ together? Is the Holy Spirit strong enough to hold us together or not? Ooh, there's a question. You know, I'm, ve- I'm amazed how quick we are to slap labels on things and to just use pure Christianese. How quick am I to slap a label on someone I don't like or they haven't, they've done something I don't like? And in my perfect Christianese, I will say, clearly they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. A wolf in sheep's clothing. They ought to know better. They're not really welcome here. They're not like us. Church police is not a recognized position in the Eugene Church of Christ. We do have elders, and that is part of their charge. But I would also say it's not just a single elder making these calls either. It's meant to be a plurality. There's, when an eldership is out of balance and can be horrible. Let me say a few words about bridge building to wrap up our time this morning. You know, it's quite natural that we have bricks in this building that we're trying to build that we know. We don't want to stack them on top of each other uh, because they have like, you know what it's like when you try to put magnets together the wrong way? We have that. It's in our personality. It's in... But there are certain things that are strong enough to hold those things together. And sometimes you don't stack certain bricks on top of each other. Maybe there's a few bricks in between. But it is the Spirit's desire to give the body of Christ unity and cohesiveness. It is the Spirit's desire to create community and to build us into something that is beautiful, that reflects His own glory. And then when the fires come, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit who is the only one built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that's strong enough to give a church unity in the midst of the fires that we're going to experience and it's going to come. It's inevitable. But in a special way, I think the Spirit also sets some of us aside for the work of bridge building. Uh, One of the things I love about my job as a minister is sometimes I get the privilege of being a bridge builder. Um, And I love it. I love it. So I'm going to get real real for a second. Um, 
I had two different meetings this week. Uh, in those meetings, uh, one of them, Carl, was in, and another meeting, Helen, was in. And I got the sense that I don't want those two to be alone together. I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm not trying to call anyone out. But I see in both of those interactions that these are people that are serious in their love for the Lord. That I see in both of them a tender heart that desires the Lord their God more than anything else. It's okay to have some bridges between us. Let the Holy Spirit help us figure out how to arrange our pieces together and trust that he knows what, he knows what he's doing when he brings people in, when he gives enough desire to be here, desire to put up with things like this or song services that go haywire. Or um, another one uh, I was thinking, how relationally, I don't know, like I've not seen the way each of you interact, but I don't know how Lisa Staley interacts with Kathy Tannis. I've not seen them interact together, not that I can recall. Maybe good, I don't know. But what I have seen, I've seen a bridge builder between them, this beautiful little soul called Trisha Yeager, that I've seen her interactions with each of them. See, the Lord gives us ways to figure out how to put things together, how to do it in love, how to speak the truth in love, how to, you know what is not going to reflect the glory of God? A church that we whittled down to everyone is exactly the same as me, looks the same as I do, thinks the same as I do. But if we can build something that has no earthly business being together, except by this Holy Spirit who's bigger than each of us, who's drawing our hearts and moving pieces on the board, people will look at that and the world will shut its mouth when we get it right. Uh, I was thinking about bridge builders. One of the gifts that we have um, in the Eugene Church of Christ is uh, is our secretary. She is one of our best bridge builders. Can I get an amen? amen? So, and I look at that and I think, what godly ministry and what a gift we have been given by people who are approachable, accessible, that we can share ourselves with, that help. There's all kinds of bridge builders here. But in the end of the day, how, however we stack the bricks and pieces, 
This is the work of the Holy Spirit that we need. And he's revealed to us in the quality of the way that we learn to love each other. And in the end, I think it's going to be a whole lot more than just putting up with so-and-so. I think we're going to move past that as we grow to reflect more the image and the glory of our Lord. So hopefully, I want to just encourage you who are bridge builders. I want to encourage the bridge builders in this church. This bridge builder sitting right there. I love Charlie through her. There's beautiful things happening among us. If we will recognize them and let the Spirit have his way. So, to sum up this section of a few verses in 1 Corinthians, this will be our last thing. So, BP, you can come up here. I'm done. How do you build a house for God, according to Paul, and what we've covered so far in 1 Corinthians. The only foundation that is sufficient is Jesus Christ himself. He's the only one that has the strength that we need to be able to hold up anything that we're going to build. Number two, you need to consider the quality of how you were building. Um... You ever think about the quality of what you're building in your relationship with God? How important is the church to you? Do you invest in this church? See, sometimes we all have a choice on what materials we use. Some people might have more gold and silver than other people, but we all have a choice of the way that we're going to invest and build. Maybe all I have is wood. But wood is amazing for certain things. Maybe there's a time where we just need hay and straw. Hay and straw is great for Boy Scouts to shoot arrows into out in the woods out there. Hay and straw have a purpose too. Hay and straw, you use them to make strong bricks sometimes to fire those bricks. But think about the quality of what you're building with your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with the people who are most important to you, your relationship with this church. A lot of times we try to keep the gold and the silver for ourselves and we pass on the straw. Think about that too. Um, Is the quality of what you're building, does it reflect the light? And here's another question. What's the fire rating of what you're using to build the Lord's temple? Is it going to be able to stand the fires that come? God's Spirit is in the midst of our relationships and is where the real treasure is. Yes, as individuals, but yes, as a body, holding us together, calling us onward. So there's your sermon today. I hear the murmur of little people and know that my time has come. 
and I'm okay with that. But hopefully, amidst the distractions and all we have going on, there are words that get through. There are words that get through to us, that we can think about them deeply, that they can challenge us, they can move us to other places that we might not choose for ourselves. We always offer an invitation, and I know I just kind of fly right by that invitation a lot of times. But if you've been stuck in the same place for a long time and you haven't moved toward the Lord, when is it going to be time? When is it going to be time? When is the best time to consider the quality of what you are building in your life? Can people look at your life and understand the narrative, looking out for number one? Or do they see something else there? You know, if you want to begin this journey of discipleship, if you want to put the Lord in a baptism and, and really start to figure out how to, how to step on the gas, I want to be a guy who stands next to you and helps discuss that and talks about that and look for those things together. Um, I want to find six godly men in this church. Maybe you don't have it all figured out. I want six men who are hungry. Six men who are willing to take their next step. Six men who are willing to open themselves in friendship, to bear each other's burdens and hold each other's secrets, to be a source of encouragement and growth. I want six of you guys. Not because I think that I need to fix something about you. It's because I've been walking this road for a while now, four and a half years with this church, and I need deeper friendships. I need to be a deeper friend to some of you guys. I need to figure out my, my go deep people. And if you would be, I want you to pray about it, think about it. Come talk to me if you want to. I don't care if you're 12 or 112. Well, how would that work? I don't know. Oh, we want, I want to figure it out with some of you. So that's an invitation I want to give as well. So uh, thank you for bearing with us today. This, I got to say, uh, I've never heard so many laughs come out of this room on a Sunday morning. So Praise God for that too. He does give us joy and laughter. And I still don't want to know anything that was on there. So God bless you guys. If you have needs to put on the Lord in baptism or for the prayers of this church, you come talk to me and think about six of you guys. Are you ready for your next step with the Lord? Something that you're willing to invest a little time relationally? Come talk to me. Let's explore this. Let's figure this out. Let's uh, go ahead and stand and sing together.